1: On today's show, the guys talk with Bobby Lockhart of Important Little Games about his new educational coding game, Codemancer, and its use in formal education. There's a special East Conference update and more next on EduTech Guys. EduTech Guys Radio.
0: Radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed under the site, of this program for those the participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio. I'm David Henderson. Hey, and I'm Jeff Madlock. Awesome. Welcome to the show. We've got a really, really cool episode ahead for you, uh, talking with uh, Bobby Lockhart of Important Little Games and uh, his, his game. That is using fantasy elements in order to convey coding, and it's
0: really, really yeah, cool. Through casting spells and stuff. It's gonna yeah. be really cool. Yeah, it's gonna be neat. Hey, don't forget to check us out on the web. Go to www.edutechguys.com, and you can actually scroll down to the bottom and find a contact form there. Heck, if you just go out to Google, type in edutech guys, you're gonna find us on the web because we're always out there lurking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> hey, That's you right. kids want to learn about some ed tech? So yeah.
1: Every breath you.
0: So there you go, um, but yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great show today. Um, we are almost to spring break, so uh, and we're almost to the East Conference, and today's kind of a special East Conference uh, show. Yeah, uh, we have a special East Conference update that uh, David and I are going to do today. So yeah, we're actually we think do you'll that. enjoy that. Give yeah. you a little history of the East Conference and tell you where we're going to be next week for three days um, in Hot Springs. Yeah, but um, yeah, wonderful. So hey, what do you say we uh, we jump out to the interview? Awesome. Thank
1: you guys so much for listening. And right now we've got a very special guest with us here on the show. We're going to let him introduce himself, talk about who he's with, where he's from, all that good stuff. So welcome to the show.
2: Hi, I'm Bobby Lockhart. I'm a independent video game designer and uh, currently working on an educational game uh, called Codemancer. Oh, nice. Cool. It's a, it's a fantasy game where you play as a little girl who has to learn magic to rescue her father. it has been kidnapped by an evil sorcerer.
0: Okay, wow. But the
2: way that magic works in the game is the way that programming works in our world. So as she writes spells, the spells are actually programs, and when she casts them, she runs them. Um, and you learn a ton about uh, programming, sort of stealthily, uh, (laughs) by playing the game. Uh, yeah, I,
1: that, uh, that sounds very, very cool. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with, um, I'm gonna like see if we can pull out some background information. Are you, do you have an education background or this just something that grabbed your interest? My,
2: my father's a teacher and, um, I mean, I guess we, I've, uh, I, I have a bad habit of just, like, um, really loving whatever my dad is doing. <laughs> that's not a bad
1: habit. No, well, bad I guess ad- it could be a bad habit well. depends on what your dad's doing. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
2: laughs> well, he was, he was, like, making independent movies for a while, and oh. then I, like, uh, went to film school. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, got seduced by computers and math and then uh, figured out that there was sort of a, a good – halfway point at, at video games
1: sure sure uh
2: and then uh yeah he started being a, a teacher uh, he's like trained as a, an attorney but um you know always did uh, entertainment law and like produced plays and wrote plays and um and he's still a playwright but his day job is is a uh, literature teacher so uh yeah I, I wanted to learn more about that and um, read a bunch of stuff. and Yeah. Uh, I had a, a unique education of my own, uh, mm-hmm. especially regarding computers, because uh, I had a first-grade computer teacher named Mr. Costa, and I don't know where he is right now, but uh, he, he was at Hawthorne Elementary School. In first grade, he taught us Logo. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we predate
1: Logo, so we're familiar.
2: (laughs) And uh, uh, I, there was like, it was just me and one other kid like really got into Logo and everyone else kind of did nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) during that class. So the next year he was gone and computer class was like word processing. Oh, yeah. And it just like... Uh yeah, I I felt like we lost a lot when we lo- lost Mr. Costa because sure, um, uh, really knew his stuff in terms of teaching computers and computer science and stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I I didn't use Logo again until much later. I was working on, um, Wolfram Alpha, mm-hmm. which is a the question answering website. Yeah. Sure. Um, and. Uh, it occurred to me that we could implement uh, logo inside Wolfram Alpha, which you can access now if you type like logo, forward, 15, right, 10, or whatever, like go ahead and type some logo commands into Wolfram Alpha with logo in the front of it, and it you'll see a little turtle, and you'll get to play That's around with that. Cool. <laughs> and and it got me thinking like uh, where, <laughs> what if – this was instead of a creative tool. What if it was more of a game? Because I was thinking about all those kids who got nothing out of Logo mm-hmm. when I was in first grade, and why was that? And I think it was because they were sort of scared by the blank canvas. Sure. Um, and so what if it was sort of a set of challenges instead of just a freeform creation tool? And that's what got me started on the design process for advanced.
0: Yeah. Cool. So your background in coding and entertainment and stuff like that, how did that help you, you know, realize this is a a build Codemancer? How did they, you know, where did that kind it came from that, didn't it? I mean, you went, hey, this is what's selling and this is what kids like. And tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um, well, you know, I didn't think a lot about what was selling or what, uh, (laughs) what kids liked. Uh, I mean, it, uh, it took me a while to get to being uh, a competent game designer mm. at all, um, and uh, it's it's. I feel like there's almost nothing that can be taught about it, except <laughs> except to practice. Right. So, so I embarked on this thing, and when I first started, it was called Tank Hacker. Okay. Mm. <laughs> And it was like you were giving commands to a tank and Mm -hmm. it was like going around a freeform world, just very much closer to Logo than Codemancer currently is. Okay. Um, And uh, I sort of grew to realize that this was more for my kind of kid, the kid kid that already gets a lot out of Logo. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people who like you know, the word hacker (laughs) and like tanks and, you know, (laughs) um, the whole technology archetypes um, are already going to learn programming. So they don't really need a game. So that's when I brainstormed for a long, long time and then came up with um, a fantasy setting and spell casting. And then I did a ton of research reading young adult fiction, Mm -hmm. like, Uh, novels like, you know, Harry Potter and uh, His Dark Materials Mm -hmm. and uh, Sabriel and just a million great uh, (laughs) books that the uh, Mistborn series, like all these narratives about uh, young kids learning magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and was inspired a lot by that.
1: That's cool, well, I think it's I think it's really cool that your um, main character is female. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that there's a big push in getting more girls interested in coding and stem and, and computer science mm-hmm. and um, and even even with that kind of if you if, if you took that and even set that aside, they're just at least in my experience, there aren't a lot of games out there where you get to play as a female character.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was certainly the case when I started Mm -hmm. um, working on Codemancer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was four years ago, roughly, when I started in earnest. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that that has been mitigated quite a lot uh, in that time. Like, If you've played any of the code.org games, it's like... Ray from Star Wars and um, Elsa from Frozen are your main characters and you're coding your way through the world in those games. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there are all kinds of um, STEM for girls organizations popping up and Mm -hmm. it's, it's really great to see that that wave is like uh, cresting now, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. So is your, is your, you brought up code.org. Is that one of your, and I don't even know if that's a, if this is a, a possibility as a goal, quote-unquote goal. Is, is that one of your goals, to hope to get that into Code.org? Or are you looking more to uh, offer this up in terms of, um, I, I don't know, like retail sales? Or how, how are you trying – what, what are you doing to get the word out about it and, and get more folks to bring it into their uh, – into their life, whether it's curriculum through schools or whether it's just folks surfing around to go, Hey, this is pretty cool. Well,
2: that's what I'm here for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> <Touché>. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, no, code, code.org is definitely like inspiring to me. Um, I would love to get a demo on there. Mm-hmm. I think my main, I, I think the, the thing that I can sort of do by myself <laughs> is, is get it into, um, uh, the, the app stores and steam. Sure. Uh, and so for like informal learning spaces. Um, so, you know, hopefully savvy uh, guardians, moms, dads, whoever uh, will see that and yeah. see that it's maybe a little higher quality than other uh, games. And it has a narrative and all this yes. o- other stuff that a lot of these coding games don't have. Um, and uh, Well, let's, let's uh, talk and, about and that right
0: there. Let's, let's talk about that right there. Let's talk about what you find makes a good educational game. And, and I'm just quoting you now, and how educational games fit into a formal learning environment. I mean, tell us yeah, well, what I mean, you think that is. I feel
2: that like that's, that's a dialogue that I wanted to have with you guys as okay. a teacher. yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it, I think the... Uh, everyone sort of acknowledges now that teachers should be the guide on the side and not the sage on the stage. Uh Um, And uh, I think that educational games could give a good sort of opportunity for uh, having the teacher perform the role of a coach Mm -hmm. really. Yeah. Um, Just like encouragement and tips and, all the stuff that, that coaches do for sports, uh, teachers can do for like more intellectual stuff. Yeah. Sure. And I just listening to your podcasts, I, I mean, I know you guys are way into authentic challenges mm-hmm. and video games are never going to be uh, authentic except maybe, um, like citizen science games, um, in that, you know, they don't really have an impact on the world. Nobody, uh, in, you know, the world is not going to change because you beat a video game.
1: Right, um,
2: right. But I think it's the next best thing because it's it's very significant within this virtual world. In fact, mm-hmm. it's like often the most significant thing that happens in this virtual world is whatever the player is doing.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, I think I, you hit a good point right there. And I, and I think that when I think of a good educational piece, whatever it is, if it's a game or if it's uh, woodworking or whatever it is, is that how many uh, sharp edges does it have? How many points does it have? Where can I take it besides where it's intentionally designed to go? And how Mm -hmm. is it going to enhance the educational process in my classroom where I can take Codemancer and we can talk about uh, strong female role models, not just talking about coding. We can talk Mm -hmm. about good versus evil. We can talk about fitting into society and being helpful to a society in that virtual world and how do we apply that to our own lives and uh being good stewards of education or business or things like that. So you know I am always looking for what's the multifaceted because a teacher becoming that guide on the side also means that I'm there with more opportunities to become a good guide. I'm not just teaching math and I'm not just teaching coding. I'm teaching life skills and uh mm-hmm. you know that's where to me that's where you know a good game comes into play. Like how can it provide that you know also yeah. and and that's yeah, what we're seeing absolutely. that's what we're seeing happening with these games. I mean you know, it's 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 a secondary thought i'm going to have a female lead character but no that's a huge it's a huge deal mm-hmm. it really is because now you just empower the girls in the classroom and the young ladies in the in the high school classroom or whoever's playing it to go wow
1: research
2: has shown that uh game players male game players do not care as much about the gender of their uh avatar mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. females like to play as a female if possible oh, mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like making everyone happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's there's the kicker with educational gaming is finding the way to get it into formal learning. You know, how do I how do I apply it across the board? And so, let's talk about CodeMancer. We're talking across the board. It can be played anywhere because the narrative itself is a great narrative to write off of as a writing prompt in itself. I mean, think about it. <laughs> I, let's go home. Let's, here's Codemancer. Go home and play this game and come back, and here's the writing prompts that I'm going to hit you with, and I'm ready to let you take this narrative, and we're writing fan fiction for Codemancer mm-hmm. at this point. And you know, So you yeah. see it, it can fit into in lots fact, of genres.
2: One of the Kickstarter rewards um, from uh, <clears throat> Codemancer was uh, a novel. And actually it was written by this woman, Cassandra Kaw, who's like an amazing author and was actually just started getting into fiction at the time, but is now sort of blowing up in, um, the world of, uh, of, uh, what would you call it? Like weird occult horror, uh, mm. fiction. Yeah. But, but she wrote, uh, basically a young adult novel, about the world of codemancer it's not the same characters as the ones in the game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a different part of the world sure um but um the magic system and the way sort of society is organized are the same um uh, and so there has been some professional fan fiction already that's really cool on, awesome and Damn. i'll be releasing that <laughs> after the first chapter of the game
0: that's cool so that's let's let's, cool. let's talk about the game so um interactions in the game. I know you're always battling evil. You know you're you're casting spells, <laughs> but are there social elements inside the game? Is there a, is there a, do you make do you build a group, you build a team, do you build you make friends?
2: Yeah, you don't really build a team, um but you do um you encounter a set of people um that you are trying to sort of get information out of. Uh, you're getting them you're trying to get them to become your teacher. And they are various prickly characters and they have different feelings about how, you know, why they would teach you or like what consequences um, that would have and what relationship they have to you. So, you know, there's a there's like a old sea captain who's kind of uh, a nice guy uh, that you meet early on. And then there's a, a wizard, like a very typical archetypical wizard person who's very reticent about teaching you because Hmm. you're a little girl and because you know he can't spare the time but it he turns out to be just like frustrated by your uh your stumbling around and (laughs) and steps in basically to uh just because he 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 can't stand to see someone doing it wrong yeah Yeah. Um, but then eventually you gain his respect and um uh, and then you, and then you're forced to move on. And mm-hmm. later you'll meet like a love interest. And oh, that's um, cool. You, you sort of every chapter you grow up a little. And it, oh. it's like it, instead of leveling up, you're growing up. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> very cool. The, though. the avatar gets bigger and mo- more mature looking, and so does your familiar oh. that you ride on mm-hmm. um, through the through the game. You've you've got this animal familiar companion with you all the time that only you can hear
1: talking that's cool that's very cool so in terms of uh, in terms of some of the gameplay um you you talked about you know different choices you make that kind of thing so do those within each chapter do those choices affect the game
2: really it's it's very linear except for that you have a a a central choice at the very beginning which is uh which familiar to pick um so you've got three choices Mm -hmm a uh, macro cat, a hyper hound, and... Oh, crud, I can't remember the species name <laughs> of the bird mm-hmm. <laughs> character. Because um, you only see the species name at the very beginning, and, yeah. then, and then they they go by their, their actual names. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah.
0: So I have a no, question uh, about no, the, So no. where do you see... Where do you see the application in education of this game? I mean, you know, where... Where would we apply this game in a course curriculum? So you know, I think about most schools are mm-hmm. not you know they they've still got a math class and an English class and things like that. Where where could you see this cla- this uh, this game being applied and used in formal education?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think there. First of all, there is starting to be more computer and computer science classes, mm-hmm. uh, even for my age range, which is six to 12 year olds. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really the most natural place for it to live uh, if possible. Um, uh, Math is also a possibility because algorithms, well, there's some debate about this, but I think that uh, programming is actually uh, a bigger Thing that math is a small part of.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I would concur.
2: <laughs> but you could think of it the other way around. And, uh, yeah. So, But I've I've, ve- I've tried very hard to make the game not mathy. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the numbers uh, don't use the Arabic symbols. They use little pips, like on a die. Uh-huh. And they only go up to five. So all the arithmetic is mod six, which means... It, it, and the game takes place on a hexagonal grid, so the fact that it, things go from zero to five all right. kind
1: of makes sense for that. Yeah, yeah, that's the and, and I love how and I love how that how you tie that together. Um, I don't know in the game if that is something that is um, made blatantly obvious to the player, or if that's one of those things that you kind of hope the players pick up on as they're playing through the game making those correlations like look all the squares uh, squares all, all the all the spaces are hex and everything else is zero five and we're building on that premise of I mean really it's it's yeah there's you know the hex factor uh which, which actually, that in itself probably has its own connotations in the, the hex game, factor, yeah, you know, in the game, You're right. It's a
2: great name for a reality <coughs> show. Yeah, right. The, the hex, hex Factor. factor. It's, it's like a talent uh, show for magicians. I, I think I think we'd be sued. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Hex Factor.
2: Um, um, but yeah, no, I think that's that's just sort of. I'm hoping that's just sort of subtle world building yeah. stuff that um, maybe someone will su- subconsciously reg- register that. The numbers go zero to five, and there are five pages on your tablet. And, um, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, – I'm sorry. There are six pages, zero to five yeah. again. Um, yeah, so there's sixes everywhere Yeah. Uh, in the game. That's hopefully. pretty cool. That's very cool. So
0: let's say – so uh, people want to find it. People want to get a hold of it. What do they do? How do they find um,
2: it? Right now, the simplest thing would be to sign up for the mailing list on codemancergame.com. Okay. Uh uh you can pre-order game on the Humble store. Okay. Um, oh, cool. so I, I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. like Humble bundles and yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and uh it'll be out very soon and then uh at, hopefully I will shout it to the heavens and uh <laughs> and they'll be able to buy it and, and immediately that immediate gratification jump into it. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed, I noticed
1: on the uh, Codemancer site, there's a a slideshow of different, um, just still images from the game. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you planning on doing any kind of a a, kind of a preliminary gameplay video?
2: Yeah. So I have a trailer already cut and ready to go. And I'm just sort of figuring out when, when can I release it that nothing else is happening so that it'll be the only Mm -hmm. thing. In the news cycle or whatever for educational things.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a hard one. by the so way. Yeah, I was gonna say. Good. I, I will good, send good it. Good luck. It to like, <laughs> uh, but send it yeah. to us; we'll we'll gladly share it out. Oh, yeah. heck yeah, yeah, Thanks. that'll be awesome. Yeah.
1: And uh, so, are you planning on to Are you planning on releasing just the full game when it's ready? Or are you doing kind of a Steam early access kind of thing? What's your What's your release mechanism?
2: Well, yeah, the the game got kick started. Four years ago. So I've been sending out beta builds to my backers for that.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
2: this whole time. So, yeah, when it, again, it's broken up into three chapters. So, um, and I'll be basically just releasing them a chapter at a time with like a fun thing in between. So the book will be in between chapters one and two, and between two and three will be a level editor so people can um, build their own Codemancer levels. Oh, that is so cool. And, uh, I have an idea for another thing, but I don't want to say it because yeah, save it. That's another I show. I don't want it to be. A <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So they'll just come out chapter by chapter and and platform by platform. Um, so probably starting in a few months, I will be in constant game release mode. So I'll be like releasing chapter one on this platform and chapter two will just come out for the first time. And sure. It's going to be a busy year.
1: Yeah, man, that's going to be awesome though. So is it, is it, I know it just says coming soon. You, you don't,
0: you can't, you can't open that can of worms, can you? uh,
2: (laughs) I don't have a a release date yet. Ah,
0: That's cool. That's cool. When you get it, let us know. And when you decide that date, we'll push it at the same time. Yeah, oh, awesome, big Thank push, you. you know, big cool push.
1: Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm, a I, I'm, you may or may not know this. I'm I'm a, I'm a YouTube gamer, so I'm mm. looking forward to getting a hold of this and being able to uh, share that out with my subscribers. So I think that'd oh, be very cool. yeah, yeah. I that'll be fantastic.
2: Yeah, that will be really see awesome. To, uh, a build whenever you like, cool. Yeah,
0: cool. So, um, folks want to get in touch with you or follow you on Twitter. Uh, give them some information the website, uh, Twitter, social media, the whole bit.
2: Sure. Um so again the the games website is codemancergame.com. Mm-hmm. Um the my company is Important Little Games, importantlittlegames.com. It's great if you have really long things because the chances of somebody else having that domain are really yeah, very slim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, myself I am known on the interwebs as Bobby Locks uh-huh. uh, with an X. So um that's on Bobby uh, bobbylocks.com or on Twitter bobbylocks um yeah. Cool, awesome. man. Very I tweet cool. a lot.
0: Awesome. Well good. Cool. most
2: of it is not about educational games. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs>
0: That's okay, man. That's cool. Hey, um, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Oh, and my pleasure. We thank definitely so gotta keep the coming. relationship open relationship open because we wanna you know know what's going on and, and everything like that. And you know, we will we'll help push out as much as we can and as fast as we can. It's all for a good cause. Yep.
1: I, I'm speechless. Thank oh. you. Well thank oh, absolutely. you. Absolutely. Well, and, and when you get closer to release time. We mm-hmm. want to have you back on as part of that, I, I, I'm, I'm going to use the word release party, but yeah. whatever you want to call that, we would love to be a part of, of celebrating the fact that you, bump. Yeah. there you go, yeah, I mean, really, you know, however we can share out the word and spread the word, I think it's awesome what you're doing to help students get interested in coding, and by, you know, intention or accident, the fact that you're incorporating girls into this mix, I think is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, commit to tremendously. Hey, it's been great to talk to Bobby Lockhart and talk about Codehancer and uh, important little games and what he's doing there for coding and getting kids excited about coding in the educational uh, arena. Yeah, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what other things
1: they come up with down the line. I'm, I'm yeah. really curious to see what other uh, what other games they come up with, whether it's whether it's education and coding related or not, just in general. Yeah, I don't know. Really
0: neat game. Yeah. Uh, check him out on Kickstarter. Find them on the web. Hey, right now we have a very, very special opportunity for us. Spencer and the gang are really busy preparing for the East Conference. So uh, David and I are going to take the uh, role of doing the East Initiative update this week. But it's going to be the uh, East Initiative uh, Conference update. So uh, let's take a listen to it. We'll be right back after this. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. And this is the EAST initiative conference update.
1: The idea of having a year-end conference goes back to the earliest days of the EAST program. While Tim Stevenson, the founder of the program, was still teaching in the classroom at Greenbrier High School, he wanted his students to have the experience of attending a professional conference, plus he wanted to demonstrate to some of East's earliest supporters that their investment was yielding results. So the East Conference was born in 2000, before the nonprofit organization was formed. Now, by that time, several schools were participating in the East program, which was coordinated out of of an educational cooperative in Arkansas. The experience of the early travels to out-of-state professional conferences in 1998 and 1999 planted the idea of bringing all of the East schools together
0: for a conference that East could call its own. By 2004, students began to take a role not only as the stars of the conference, but also assisting as volunteers to support the East staff, working to make that event run smoothly. A group of photographers and videographers were selected to help record the event, the very first documentation team, which has since grown to encompass social media and live stream coverage. The following year, another group of students were selected to help with event logistics like helping schools register on site and showing them where to go, a role that had been previously filled by the national demonstration team, students who at the time traveled the country to show off the benefits of the EAST program. This new group were the first official ambassador team. By 2007, the event had grown far larger than the East technical team of six could help efficiently, so a third group of students were added to help troubleshoot technology issues on site. With the addition of this technical support team, the three teams collectively were dubbed the student leadership team, which has become an integral part of the conference. Originally required to attend a brief training session just before the conference opened, this team is now attended to re- required to attend a two-day training and team-building retreat, which is held February at the 4-H Center in Ferndale. In that 2006 gap year between the addition of the ambassadors and technical support, another important change was made to the East Conference. It was moved from the Statehouse Convention Center in downtown Little Rock to the Hot Springs Convention Center, where it has been held for the last 12 years. Now in its
1: 19th year, the East Conference will include nearly 240 schools from elementary schools to university programs from four states, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Pennsylvania. More than 4,000 students, educators, and guests will attend some part of the event and all of the large group sessions and many of the activities will be live streamed to the world.
0: Hey, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that uh, East Conference History Update program special. Yeah, man. uh, Special
1: thanks to uh, Spencer uh, with uh, East for... uh Sending, sending us, that us information. Yeah, yeah. Hooking us up with the uh, information and hope you guys enjoyed that that history of uh, what the East Conference is all about because that is where we are going to be next week. You know, they were talking about live streaming it and for the first time, it will also be broadcast live through Edutech Guys podcast. So, we'll be there doing live coverage with I, I truly had no idea that there were going to be 4,000
0: people there. This is huge. It's massive.
1: I truly had no idea.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm actually a little nervous about it because it's a lot of kids. That is a lot of kids. But, yeah, you know, I work well with kids.
1: Hey, well, you know what? And what's going to really be cool is... They're going to get the chance to sit down and share their particular East story mm-hmm. with us, but more importantly, with you guys as listeners. So you definitely want to uh, tune in for that next week. Yeah,
0: and it's going to be a great time. Uh, Tyler, that guy, will be there with us. Yeah. Or is it that guy or this, this guy? guy? This guy. Well, I, I get is them it, all good. Is it this Tyler is that or this guy? guy? No, it's this I guy. I don't know. Anyway. Tyler's going to be there with us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
0: each night know. we'll cut up like we did before and we'll drop him out as quick as we can. Yeah. So you can listen to them um, on the uh, conference coverage site. Yeah. Which is if you want to visit that site, drop out to iTunes or just look up on um, uh, Pippa. You can find the EduTech Guys conference coverage. You can find it on iTunes really easy. Yeah. Um, also, coming up, besides the East Conference, March the 13th to the 15th, you can also find us at... Springdale. We're going to be at
1: the Innovation Institute again this year in Springdale, Arkansas. That's going to be
0: June 6th and 7th. And then HISTY, the Hot Springs Technology Institute in Hot Springs, June 20th and 21st. That's right. And then um, we are looking forward to
1: Flipgrid Live 2018. And that is at the end of July into early August
0: in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we're still uh, cooking and working on some of stuff, but we should be at ISTE. Um, we're, gonna, oh, yeah. we're just going to be there. You're going to see us walking around and find us. We won't miss us. We'll have a couple of elephants and say edutech guys on the side of them. We'll be riding them. Handing out peanuts? No, we will we'll just be. That's there. just us walking around. That's right. That's just me. We, David leading an elephant around. That elephant's Jeff, by the way. That elephant looks funny. He's got red hair. But yeah, we'll be there, and uh, we're also kind of in the works to look at Podstock. We're trying to see how that one's going to work yeah. out for us at this point. So uh, just make sure you check the website www.edutechguys.com. Follow us on Twitter. You'll find out where we're going to be. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, it's been a great show. Awesome. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site of this program are those whose participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsored company, state, or government agency.
1: There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it.